to know AI, to start using it, have it in your tool belt as something you're able to do. The human being is going to be needed for sure. You can expand, you can, you know, you can really train it to be an extension of you and, and, and work smarter and faster. And I think that will be the demand for companies. You know, I know that there's some people are, you know, semi-polarizing, I guess, AI. And some people think, oh, no, it's it's going to take people's jobs. You know what? It's going to take the jobs of the people, the project manager versus the project manager that's leveraging AI. Which one's got a better shot, right? The IT person, the salesperson, you know, insert job title and industry here. The one that's kind of being able to stay on top of it is going to have a competitive advantage. Just stop it. The run-of-the-mill, cheesy, humdrum bullshit status quo just tires me out. What fascinates me are the industry disruptors, the superhuman frontiersmen or women with arrows in their backs who go through hell to achieve their goals. They'll go through anything to make it. They bathe in hell and high water, a cut above. They're intolerant to mediocrity, the status quo, and yet, they're the nicest people you'll ever meet. This is Disruption Interruption. Join me as we meet and learn from those mavericks, rebels, and business leaders that aren't afraid to piss off the establishment in order to make radical change for good. This show is sponsored by Johto PR, the disruptive anti-PR firm that murders your competition with cinder blocks and cyanide. Welcome back, everybody, to Disruption Interruption. I'm your host, KJ, and we're here today to talk to another industry leader that has steered off the lame, tired path of the status quo. Today, I am thrilled to have a visionary in the tech world since 1989 who's propelled his organization to the forefront of global technology, leadership, focusing on empowering professionals, and fostering innovative communities. Now, that's a mouthful. But he's a trailblazer who's redefining the intersection of technology, community, and innovation. We hear a lot about technology and innovation. We're starting to hear more about community. Today, we're going to dive into the transformation of the workplace from the 1980s to post-pandemic era. I don't think I would ever thought in my lifetime I would say post-pandemic era. Our guest is going to share his insights on the evolution of human capital, the rise of platforms like LinkedIn, and pioneering concept of community as a service. Today, it's really all about community. And if there ever was a catalyst for valuing relationships, there's been no greater catalyst than COVID. We're also going to discuss challenges and inefficiencies in HR today, from the deluge of data to navigating remote and hybrid work models. That's all over the news. So get ready for an engaging and enlightening conversation with David Leeton, president and CEO of Witty, Workforce Innovation, Trust, and Influence. Thank you so much for having me, KJ. You are so welcome. I am really thrilled about this for many reasons. Work-life balance, hybrid workplace, remote, what do we do? You can't do this. You can't do this. Like all the frameworks with what like now we're supposed to use because this is the way we've always done it or, you know, the new thing didn't work, blah, blah, blah. It's all centered around people and it's creating a lot of human emotion and reaction, right? 
Definitely. So before we get into that, why don't you tell our listeners your fundamental ingredient for disruptive innovation? Thank you. Yes. And I think, you know, really what I try to do is is get rid of some of my past assumptions, right? And I think that, as you mentioned, starting in the 80s when the PC was just kind of starting, and then as the web browser came out in the 90s, and then we got more, you know, high-speed internet and more people coming online in the 2000s. Now, as we move forward, I really just try to clear and think of a blank canvas in front of us that there are no limitations to unless what we put on them. And I just feel like business models, opportunities, different types of job titles, they're, they're all popping up now. And the more we can not bring, you know, I'll call it our baggage forward, we'll be able to create something really amazing. That's actually true. It actually is baggage, isn't it? You know, it's great to have a perspective and you obviously have to have something to compare things to, right? But you're right. As far as a blank canvas, that is how pioneers think, right? Like what is possible, And we have a lot of change going on right now that people don't like change and they're sort of getting ticked off about it. And a lot of it has to do with how we're working. So, you know, you mentioned a few things in that story, like the PC, the browser, the high-speed internet. Then LinkedIn came in, right? Then we had the pandemic. Like, can you sort of give a perspective of an evolution of this and how human capital has been looked at, managed, changed throughout this? Sure. And when I started working in tech, kind of in research in the mid to late 80s, we would help identify, work with our clients to help companies identify people for competencies in different areas of technology. Everything from HP Labs was one of our clients. They were getting involved in object-oriented databases and programming and things like that. Um, Worked with many aerospace companies that were working on different types of technology that they wanted to see how they could be used commercially and and how would they identify those leaders. I'd use these books called the Corp Tech Directories that were these, you know, encyclopedia type books just to figure out what companies were doing what, you know, that was in a, the internet was here, but it really wasn't as accessible as, as certainly as we have today. In the 90s, uh, you know, at the end of the 80s, you know, we started Witty. There was a community. Email was just starting. I remember back then I'd get an email. It was like, oh, something's happening positive. (laughs) The deal closing. It's a new connection. (laughs) You know, now there's things going on. (laughs) Now it's like, uh, it's almost emails like the insanity, like how we need other tools that's going to keep us better organized. But it's funny. You mentioned email being like the big thing. Totally. Right. And then, you know, I mean, you know, it's kind of before that it was the fax machine. I won't date myself that much. But, uh, but, you know, and then, you know, in the PC software industry, where I started working at the in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, it was like these big boxes we had to put together to ship the software in. As the web came out and the, the Mosaic browser and the Netscape browser came out, you know, 93, 94, I think, 
you know, it's really a different way of doing things, right? And software vendors were able to, you know, sell their product online and, and people got more and more comfortable about using the web for commerce. If some of you remember, you know, at the beginning of the web, it was supposed to be academic and everything was supposed to be free and no one would put their credit card in. So it wasn't secure. It was just an unknown, right? And then that evolved. I think as late as like 95, even a company like IBM said they'd never have a website because of security, right? And then, you know, and then the dot-com explosion happened and, and really pushed out. And, you know, me, and I think for any of us that worked in tech, you know, we're still kind of in our bubble for like, oh, you know, that's there. Everybody has it. But then, you know, looking back at the numbers, a lot of people didn't and you know just parts of the world that didn't have infrastructure get online you know certainly AOL came out of the winner of the AOL prodigy CompuServe wars to then every cereal box you had the AOL you know yeah. CD and, and people were getting more and more online and uh yeah and that's when it started right and and then as we kind of jumped into the 2000s when you know, at least here in the States, the dot-com hap, you know, bust kind of happened or just kind of the resettling 9-11 happened, which was a horrible thing for, I think, all of us. And that's when things kind of just settled down. To a new, like, I hate to say that because we've overused it, but I was going to say to a new normal. Exactly. But you're, you're going from, I mean, it's a very interesting timeline. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like, tech was smaller, you know, it gets bigger and then it gets bigger and it gets bigger. And now it's like affecting everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, totally. And then as we, you know, progress through the two thousands and I think the iPhone came out in 2007, I think. Yeah. Right. So it's Around like there. now we have this power at our fingertips, right. Where it's, right. you know, and I think um, some of the younger people, I won't even call them kids anymore, because I think even people in their, you know, 30s grew up just, oh, of course we have the web. Of course I can, you know, pick up my phone and do everything. Social media and, and connecting. Yeah, right. So that was, you know, certainly, you know, building and nurturing a community is something that I think has been very important you know, right. Not just, you know, and I think it's a community can be used for so many things. Um, yeah, because, you know, when I hear that and I'm thinking of listeners and I'm thinking how the media would respond and so forth, it seems such a banal statement, but it really is important, right? Like, why are these communities important, especially when we become so digitized? So much yeah. technology, things are faster, farther ways to connect with people, right? But especially within tech and the like, the human workforce, why is that so important? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I feel it's important just for learning, for making sure you have your roadmap. A lot of the layoffs happened last year where people all of a sudden may have worked somewhere for, you know, five, 10 plus years. All of a sudden, they cut that division or the project. Nothing to do with them. But now here they are. And then who's my go-to people to connect with? And 
walk into opportunities. You know, I think the recruitment structure kind of, you know, which, which for many years, you know, I'd work with my clients and they're having difficulty finding people. We had to really get creative to, you know, help them not only find the people they needed today, but make sure the relationships were built for the next few years so that as they needed people to grow, we knew who they were. That's more important than ever. So two things. So many of my friends from way back, and I still kind of keep my community and make sure I'm nurturing it every year, I'll get a call. One of my friends went to work, his company, Polycom, got bought out by HP, and then they just cut a huge, he's had a lot of redundancy. He's a brilliant programmer that I got him one job in the early 90s, and he reached out and said, hey, you know, I just, I'm, I still want to program. I love programming, but I keep applying for jobs, and I'm not getting any, I think I look perfect for it, and I'm not getting a response. You know, that's an interesting point. But yeah, I'm glad you brought it back to the relevancy today, right? Like the tech layoffs, and then, you know, this whole thing about putting out resumes, there is like this deluge of data. It used to be like, you couldn't find someone, right? Or you, you you had to have certain networks or whatever. But, you know, LinkedIn made it easier. Indeed made it easier. And now it's almost too easy, right? Where it's like you can apply with the click of a button, but then, you know, recruiters and HR departments and, you know, they get inundated and they can't possibly go through the hundreds and hundreds of applications. So good people get just weeded out just for a freaking time factor, right? So even another more important reason to have a tribe, right? Oh, totally. And I think, you know, when it gets depressing, right? And then these people, you know, maybe looking for putting out all those feelers on LinkedIn or applying however they apply. And they're, and then they're like, oh, these companies don't want me. It's like that's not it. Nothing to do with it. Meanwhile, there's probably a person on the other side that would like love to have them, but they're just, like you said, getting inundated with data. Maybe they put the wrong keyword in, even though they know that product, like, you know, the back of their hand. So yeah, I think um more than ever, it's it's really on the candidate. And us to to build those relationships, right? They know where they could add value. Also, we want, you know, as far as what we do, we want to make sure that they're the company that aligns with their purpose and values. A company they, you know, they get up in the morning because they're excited about what they're doing and the people they're affecting. So that's even more important too, since COVID. Right. And that's different than our, you know, earlier predecessors. Workplace was different. People are just, they're very genuinely interested and concerned that they're going to be in a culture that aligns with them. People got fed up in COVID too. I think that it's been a pent up demand, but finally you're like, hey, what the F? I'm, uh, why am I, why am I doing this anymore? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, like in our always on world, I have to work from when to when? Oh, you need me to get the project done. Got it. So let me be myself and I can be effective for you. And then I'm happier and I won't leave, right? I think there's a real opportunity. Yeah, just companies to get the most out of their people and people to be happy and psyched about what they're working on. 
that's when I think one of the one of the good things as we go through this transformation that that will happen, you know, might is happening in some in some companies. The companies that don't move fast, like if we think about that early time of the internet and AOL and Excite and Alta Vista and some of the companies that we thought were going to be the leaders. Oh yeah, gosh, no Alta longer. Vista. Yeah, right. Wow. And they're not even around. You know, Google was such a small company. Now it's you know the behemoth a monster, right? So it's like, who are those companies in our AI world? Right. Yeah. Right. So right. these little companies and, and, you know, and it's, and it's really, you know, and even when we talk about looking for opportunities and what I, you know, I do some, some career coaching is let's get there before the post job is posted, right? How can we, we understand the skills you have, what you love. Let's come up with some companies that we know that can add value to you, right? Cause a company gets a contract or a new deal, then okay, we're going to open up Rex. So that's thoughts in the you know the VP's head, and then they're talking to their team. And you know by the time it gets to then, and we're putting a posting up on the web or on the web company website or on Deed or wherever, how do we get behind that right? And how do we predict? Great, because we've had relationships. We just commented on somebody's post. We've we come to a community event where we're just building that relationship right now in the world of AI too. And, you know, I'm sure you're getting them too, KJ, right? Just some of the responses, some of the reach outs that, you know, you can tell they're. You can tell the person behind creating those prompts are not that bright. <laughs> right. But then the there's same. some brilliant, there's some brilliant ones. I mean, I think AI has such endless possibilities that yeah. there's an endless possibility of stories and an endless possibility of new jobs that are going to come up. And, you know, tech gets displaced in one way by certain layoffs. Well, you know, very rapidly, there's new jobs coming out. They're going to be trans be able to transfer their skills over. Yes. Right. You need to have a community. That and also that's why it's just so important to to know AI, to to start using it, have it in your tool belt as, as something you're able to do. The human being is going to be needed for sure. You can expand, you can, you know, you can really train it to be an extension of you and and, and work smarter and faster. And I think that will be the demand. For companies, you know, I know that there's some people are, you know, semi-polarizing, I guess, AI. And some people think, oh, no, it's it's going to take people's jobs. You know what? It's going to take the jobs of the people, the project manager versus the project manager that's leveraging AI. Which one's got a better shot, right? The IT person, the salesperson, you know, insert job title and in industry here. The one that's kind of being able to stay on top of it is going to have a competitive advantage. And I think that's why it's exciting. You know, we're kind of all starting around the same starting line. So much of, you know, while certainly AI has been, you know, around since the 80s, the, on the user side, there's just so much that can be learned. And it's, and you know, and it's not, doesn't take a PhD in computer science or anything. And it's really leveling the playing field because it's not yeah. just for enterprise anymore, right? right. And it's not, yeah. yeah. So you you get this massive way of democratizing things, right? right. And making yeah. things more accessible with AI. 
you know, with that and, and this like community, right? Just in talking to certain clients and so forth. And, you know, even us, we're looking at like, okay, we have AI engines or AI, but we need someone that's going to come in and like monitor that and the best practices and, you know, <laughs> analyze it. So it doesn't, you know, you do have to have just even that person on board, just all these new possibilities. I can't, I haven't even thought about, you know, so many other ways that tech is going to have these particular uh, positions and, you know, new jobs out of this. It's quite yeah. something. So let's talk about this, you know, we community, 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 and you mentioned some things like connections and events and real world things, right? But you're also doing community as a service, right? right? And that is new, right? Yes. Yes. And it's innovative and it's mirrors tech, right? And it, you know, has this, it's seemingly it has this ability to be quick and scale and, you know, just like tech does, right? Can you tell us more about that? For sure. Um, as we grew witty, you know, through the 80s, and again, it was just email back then, right? Through the 90s. And then, you know, then the web and certain things you could do. Then, you know, we were always kind of a little bit ahead of it with tech, but just getting our users to leverage it. Then March 2020, it's like, okay, no one go anywhere. We all have to use. We had been using Zoom for years, but then it's like, oh, now everybody wants to attend right. the event stuff, right? So then, you know, while we certainly had, you know, our community was focused on professionals that really just aligned with our code of ethics that talks to who we are. No one stands alone is is probably our lead one that we get the get positive feedback on. You know, we looked at, okay, we had witty chapters or networks in different cities around the, the globe. But then it's like, you know, we had so, you know, as, as ag tech was growing and, and there was a lot of food issues, you know, we have like a whole community. It's like, okay, let's pop that up. So Because now that we're in our virtual world, people from witty Dubai, people from witty New York, you know, Salinas, Silicon Valley, that are working on these global problems can come together and come up with new ideas and build connection. Wow. Um, right. Software containers, cybersecurity, you know, many of these were just interest of our stakeholders that, you know, some of our companies that we partner with, our members were just committed to giving them what they need to stay ahead of it. Yeah. So then it was just like, okay, yeah, let's spin up communities as a service. We kind of already have this platform. And then, you know, we run two AI events every week, two leadership events. Well-being is another big piece of it. Wow. Right. Just meditation and how we all have to, you know, especially if we're working out of the house, it's like stay away from the desk or but just schedule. Quit time. working, time yeah, compartmentation, right? right? right. We need that. I don't think working from home has made people lazier. I think it's made us more workaholics. Yeah, I mean, right? Some people are commuting an hour a day each way. Now you've got two extra hours. I've worked out of, I've worked remotely pretty much since I was 19. So it wasn't much of a change to me, but just having these tools now and community, right? Some of my best friends now, I've never physically met, you know, just because right, me too. You know, Three years, I've had right. clients for 10 years. I've never seen them in the flesh. Right. 
Yeah, and they do. They become your friends. Your community becomes your... It's almost like the gaming community, right? Yeah. They become really close, right? So this is like community as a service. It's like you're, it's almost like you're creating your own interactive gaming community, but for tech professionals all around the world. Yeah. I don't know if that's like right, but it seems like it to me. No, it is. And then you talk about who is a tech professional, right? So it's, you know, I think every human needs to be leveraging technology no matter what they do. And how, so how do we empower people that align with the, our code of ethics and our core values to just give them what they need, whether they work in IT, salesperson, have a small business? The more they can leverage the, this tech, the more I think they'll have more satisfying lives, be able to make a bigger impact in whatever they're doing. So yeah, I think it's uh, it's exciting times. Yeah, we, we do need to make sure that our humanity and humanities advance as much as our technology does. Yeah. Right. And that is what you're doing as a community. Let me ask you this. You know, this might be a, you know, a controversial to topic, right? Because it gets used and abused and can have stigmas, but diversity, you know, and inclusion, right? How do you look at that from community as a service and really operate from that as community of a service? Because I would imagine, you know, you have these tribes right of people and people like to be included right and like how do you look at that from a community as a service standpoint yeah well witty and as you mentioned you know witty we merged our companies last year witty stands for workforce innovation trust and influence you know but when we started witty started as women in technology international and that was back in, in the late 80s and some of the numbers that came out talked about women approaching half the workforce, but only four to five percent in management, upper management positions. And we had been working with such amazing women and our clients. We're just like, there's got to be some type of communication breakdown or something, because. You know, back then it was, oh, the guy went to golf with the head of the thing right of the department and then they got the job. Right. And, you know, so really why we started was we always included men or, in you know, back then, too, was you're a man or a woman, right? I mean, that's kind of, I think, how the world perceived it. Now, people don't want to fit in one of those two boxes, which is fine. Listen, it's all about the code of ethics. And I think, you know, and I think as we started, you know, back then and had our first conference in 95, we're like, listen. And the tech companies, you know, that we had the growth then, they're like, oh, there's women that do this stuff. Great. We need anybody. And we're like, okay, awesome. But you can't, you can't just hire the women or recruit the women or keep them the way you, the way men work, right? Because men and women work differently. They do. Right. That's okay. We might look at the same problem, KJ. You might solve it one way. I might save it, solve it the other way. They're both great. If you try to do it the way I do it, or I try to do it the way you do it, they're not going to get our inner genius coming out. And then the companies are going to be missing out on that value. So really, I think then it was, yes, let's create, let everybody be authentic and be themselves and grow. I think what some of the, um, some of the things that happen in the DEI space, and you're seeing a lot of backlash in the news is, it's really trying to fit people, you know, more numbers driven, 
as a social cause, you know, I think with the terrible things like what happened during Me Too happened with George Floyd. These are things we should all be pissed and care about, you know. But I think that a lot of the companies, oh, now we're gonna, you know, promote on the bandwagon or one of their token DEI person or people. But there's data, right? But like we need different diversity of knowledge in our companies so that hey, we're getting different perspectives, whether we're innovating a new product or coming up with a state sales strategy for a different community. I think that's what want that is what's wanting to see. And that's that's what we believe in. You know, with Witty, we still have our women in tech community within one of our communities as the service. And we have some amazing programs. But yeah, everybody is welcome at Witty. And it's really about celebrating differences and just letting everybody be themselves. Cause like if everybody can be in their zone. They're going to be happier. The world's going to be a better place. There's not going to be loss of hope because people think they have to turn to this or that, right? I think yeah, that's yeah. so true. You know, it sounds like you have communities within communities within communities, right? With your chapters all over the world and, you know, the different events and communities that you have tackling certain things, right? And tech and innovation and, you know, work-life balance and and so forth. It's like you know, when you really think of a visual network, it's a big network, right? But now yeah. it's a, like a network of communities. Right. Some overlap, and, right? Right, and cross-interest, right? Like one thing we're launching in, uh, I think, March is our caregiver community, right? Just because that's part of people's lives. They might also live in New York and be part of Whitney, New York, and be in healthcare and be part of the digital health. But then they have an older parent or they have a kid right, or, or whatever it is. So how can you kind of continue to connect with like-minded people? They, they might have, they just solved this problem for a parent. They got funding from the state. They found a resource that's just so available, that's available to them. Or someone had a stroke or this happened or that happened. Yes, I think it's, you know, again, when you when we can open up this this information and, and the relationships and leverage our platform to do it. I mean, that's what we started Witty for is to make the world a better place through technology. We had no idea we'd be <laughs> communicating this way, right? It was like, would we have thought that in the 80s or the 90s, right? I mean, I said, you know, we see stuff on Star Trek, the Jetsons, I guess all that's like coming. <laughs> yeah true now i mean at ces right at ces they were showing these flying cars and these different oh things. yeah insane insane that's amazing well i love the purpose absolutely love the purpose so how do people get a hold of witty and we've explored more but like in a nutshell they just tell us what witty is and yeah. how people get a hold of you thank you witi.com is our url We'll probably be doing certain things under our WITI.ai because we did get that URL about a year or so ago. Yeah, we have, you know, again, every today, later today, we have this uh, kind of in our digital health group, somebody that kind of comes more from the Eastern medicine side, but using technology and some of that to, to cure chronic illness. That's something that's important to our community. Wow. We every Friday now we have our forge that stands for fostering opportunities, resilience, 
growth, empowerment, and development. That's our that's our women only leadership program. That's just a con- confidential container, right? I came right off of our one of our two AI think tanks we have every week just to get everybody everybody raised up. One of the topics this morning was cybersecurity and AI. That's going to be a million jobs where we can train people into it so they have now a, a future they hadn't even thought of. Okay, that's um, like a mic drop moment right there. Right. So thank right? you. Right. Yes. And you guys have like, I mean, you're a robust platform, right? Like as people are listening, I'm, I'm sure they're starting to get the idea. Like you have like what, 160,000 strong? Like, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, and it's pretty amazing now, right? I keep running into people that, oh, I was with Witty in the 90s or the 2000s. And they're kind of starting to come back because maybe they, you know, were doing something else. Are there membership levels for individuals and like corporations and like how is it structured? Yeah, there's membership for uh, individuals to come in. We have training programs we'll be launching and AI, AI security, and just kind of being a leader and empathy and well-being. For our corporate partners, we do a lot of storytelling, helps use our community as a service platform to support their employees so they can all step up. And then, you know, last year we we updated the federal glass ceiling report um, with our partner Intel to really look at, you know, what do people want going forward? Right. It's we can't have everybody in this box. Here's this job description. Let's find someone to shove into this box. I think it's more, here's what needs to be done. Let's make sure we're aligning, you know, values and skill sets. And we can even train them up if we have the right person that's great for the team and they may just need a little upskilling. So I think, uh, yeah, it, look, it's it's an that's exciting. exciting. Yeah. That's super exciting. Well, I, I want to give a shout out to your mom, Carolyn, okay. right? Carolyn, right? She started it or co-founded it with you? Is yeah. that when? Yeah, like, I started yeah, I started working for her other business when I was just out of, you know, in college and, you know, was offered a job where I'd have to commute. She's like, oh, we just got a big contract. Try this. Then she had the idea for Witty. So I took over the other company, kind of used that to fund it. And we've been working together ever since. And yeah. she well, she did retire from Witty. So she just runs her dog camp. That's Love Dogs Camp, if you're ever on the Central Coast. And yeah, and it's uh she was a pioneer in her day, and then she got you started. So it's a family yeah. of pioneers. I definitely wanted to give a shout out to her, woman in tech that. back in the day before yeah. women were really in tech, right? Yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. And you can also, if people want to reach out to you directly, I mean, you and I met over LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a good place for you, right? LinkedIn is probably the best place to get me. Um, look me up on LinkedIn. Not too many of us. I live in Arroyo Grande, California. So that's what it'll say on my LinkedIn profile. And yeah, hit me up and let me know how we can support you. That's awesome. That's great. So food for thought, like blank canvas. What do you want to leave our listeners with? Like food for thought before we end up today? Yeah, I mean, food for thought. We're right in the the beginning of a technology revolution. So whatever past thoughts are, figure out a way to kind of leave those behind, create from nothing. I may have said that earlier. 
and you know whether it's AI, you know, blockchain technology and Web three with some of the issues people are writing it off. I feel like that's the web in '93. There's going to be a convergence. Get can't out of your vocabulary because you can do whatever you choose to do. Yeah, it's an exciting time. The world is a blank canvas. Create on it. I love it. David, thank you. I really love this. Community as a service. Very badass. I appreciate you, KJ. And you have a great community, too. So I'm so I, do, I do. I do. have to connect them up for sure. <laughs> That's a wrap, everyone. If you learned something today, and I know you did, go tell someone about this podcast and tell people to go disrupt their markets with a tidbit from this show. Life is your oyster today. Thanks for listening to Disruption Interruption, where we transform lives, change consumer behavior, alter economics in the workplace, and never accept the status quo. Ciao for now. Because we live in a highly litigious society with America being one of the top litigious countries in the world, here's our legal disclaimer. This advice is not intended to be a substitute for professional public relations or legal advice. Do not disregard seeking professional legal healthcare or financial advice or delay seeking professional PR or legal advice because of something you have heard here. Contact an attorney to obtain advice on any particular legal issue or problem. Use of this podcast or our website or any of its social media or email links. Do not create an agency-client relationship between Joto PR and the user.